Wow, Ali, thank you so much for sharing your story. You are a rock star, and I love getting to co-lead a life group with you. So thanks for being bold enough to share your story and figure out where God has been at work in you. That's awesome. Uh, okay, so everyone, I want you all to get your Bibles out, and please turn to Matthew 6. We are going to be in verses 9 through 13. It's like halfway through. Give me a peace sign when you found that. Uh, Matthew 6, verses 9 through 13. Uh, and some of these words may be familiar to you, but please take this time to just listen and engage in prayer with me. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Jesus, thank you for creating the time and the space for us to gather, and creating time and space for us to learn more about how we can communicate with you. We love you. Amen. Okay, now keep your Bibles open and just set them off to the side because we're going to come back to that passage in just a second. Um, but first, I should probably tell you a little bit about who I am. Hi, my name is Amber, and I am on volunteer staff here at BASIC, which means that I get paid in pizza. <laughs> and once upon a time, I was a student here at BASIC, um, but we weren't actually here at Orchard. We were at Lang Hall on campus on Thursday nights. Uh, but on Sunday mornings, this room in particular was my favorite because uh, this section over here was packed with college students. I spent so much time in this room uh, and my faith really transformed. So it's really a pleasure to be back, very surreal. Um, but I'm happy that you're all here with me. It's definitely a lot cozier now than it used to be. So th shout out Jesus for Edison bulbs. <laughs> In addition to pizza, volunteer staff means I also have a full-time job as a speech-language pathologist at Central Rivers Area Education Agency. That's a mouthful. And I provide speech and language therapy to students at a handful of different schools in the Cedar Valley. So being an SLP means that I spend all day, every day, teaching students how to communicate, how to have conversations. And tonight, we're introducing this series called What is Prayer? And this series is a little tricky um, because we actually have many more questions to answer about prayer. Like, how do we do it? I know we pray together at church, but is there more to it than that? I used to pray before sporting events or band competitions in high school, but I haven't done it since. How do I do that now? When am I supposed to pray? If I'm praying and I don't hear anything in response, then what? So tonight we're gonna keep the answer simple. Prayer is a conversation with Jesus. Prayer is a conversation with Jesus. And I know what you might be thinking. Amber, you are so funny and you are so wise. I know, but it's okay. You can still have some questions, okay? Like, what do I say to Jesus and what am I listening for? I am in the same boat. I think about Jesus a lot, but actually having a conversation with him, whew, Oh, baby, that's asking a lot. But as I mentioned earlier, I help students learn how to communicate, how to have conversations. And conversations go two ways. 
SLPs describe it as expressive and receptive language. So expressive language is how you communicate with the world around you. Verbal words, facial expressions, gestures, body language. Receptive language is how you take in and organize what the world has to say to you. So expressive, talking. Receptive, listening. Prayer is communication. Prayer is a conversation with Jesus. So this means there are two components, talking to Jesus and listening to Jesus, expressing our thoughts to him and listening to receive his response. But how do we have a conversation with Jesus? How does that work? So let's start by attempting to answer this first question. What do I say to Jesus? Talking with Jesus can feel weird, and there's a song about it on Spotify. Oftentimes, we feel like we have no idea what to say. We're nervous that we'll say the wrong thing, or he won't hear us at all, or if that somebody makes us pray out loud, we actually might die because we're definitely going to either talk way too fast or way too slow or stumble over our words, or we're going to say way too much or not enough, and no matter what, it's going to be a hot mess. I feel you. I feel you. We can talk about Jesus all day long, but we won't have a relationship with Jesus until we talk with him. See, Jesus wants to be our friend. He wants to know about the best and the worst parts of our days. He wants to know how we get to see him working in our lives and how he can continue to love and support us. Jesus is desperate for our friendship. The creator of the universe that came down to earth to hang out and teach and serve and eat food and then die for us and then go back up to heaven to advocate for us? Yeah, that guy wants to be our friend. That guy wants to be our friend. And we get to create a lifestyle of prayer by just talking with him. It's important to note, though, that talking about someone and talking with someone are vastly different. Talking about Jesus and talking with Jesus are vastly different. Let's take Carter, for example. If I were to only talk about Carter, I could tell you that he's tall and he wears glasses and arguably too much Buffalo Bills apparel. He is sporting a sweatshirt tonight, I checked. He also has a wife, four kids, and a very fluffy dog. But through conversations with Carter, I have learned that he is passionate about walking with college students and young adults and their relationships with Jesus. He gives really great hugs and tells absolutely hilarious stories, and he's one of the most encouraging people that I've ever met. When I talk with Carter, when I have a conversation with him, he gets to know me and I get to know him. And we get to do the same thing with Jesus. He is already here alongside us every second of every day. But when we engage in prayer, when we enter into a conversation with Jesus, on, we get to know him on a deeper personal level. Prayer is really just us saying, hey, Jesus, I see you. And I know that you're here with me, but I want to acknowledge you and be with you in this moment. I want to invite you into my day, and I want to hear you. Prayer can look so different. And all forms of prayer are valid. For me, sometimes it looks like those breath prayers that Andrea taught us about at the beginning of the semester. Sometimes it looks like a bullet point in the notes section of my phone. Sometimes it looks like handwritten pages upon pages in my journal. 
Other times it looks like a typed up word vomit on my computer. Sometimes it's singing along to the Jesus music here at basic or at church on a Sunday morning or in the car on my way to or from work. Sometimes prayer is a simple, hey Jesus, I see you, I thank you, I need you, and I love you when I'm walking in the hallways at school. So I challenge you to figure out what mode of prayer feels the most sustainable and realistic for you. Remember, we are creating a lifestyle of prayer tonight. We are creating the foundation for a friendship with Jesus. And there will be times where having a conversation with Jesus feels like absolutely the last thing that could possibly happen. Don't worry, though. Jesus knew that this would happen. Luckily, he gave us words to use when we can't find the words of our own. So let's take a look at how Jesus prayed. So get your Bibles out again and turn to Matthew 6 in this chapter. I'm going to leave mine on the ground because I have it in my notes. Uh, in this chapter, we are in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount, which is Jesus' longest and most detailed teaching. Jesus teaches about a lot of different things. He teaches about blessing, fasting, serving, and many other important facets of living for God. But we are going to break down what Jesus teaches his disciples about prayer. So we're back in Matthew 6, and Jesus actually gives us an outline. But what, what uh, we're going to walk through it together and break it down into four sections. So um, the first thing that Jesus does is he addresses God. Jesus says, our Father in heaven. Personally, I like to say, hey, Jesus, because uh, it feels like I'm just talking to a friend, and it removes all of the pressure of saying the wrong thing. Uh, but Kristen likes to pray to the Holy Spirit, and Andrea likes to pray to God. Um, it's it's kind of weird, because God exists in three different entities, but he's the same one God. So if that gets a little confusing, please come find one of us afterwards, and we would love to talk it through with you. Honestly, it could be a whole other teaching. Uh, but basically what I want you to know is that addressing God matters because he is pretty, pretty great. Um, but we need to address God, but just feel, say whatever feels the most comfy for you. And also most of the time when we talk with our friends, we start off by saying their names. So we get to do that when we talk with Jesus too. The second thing that Jesus does is he thanks God. Jesus says, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, Jesus throws a fancy word in here, uh, but Google defines hallowed as holy. So basically, we are to acknowledge that God is holy and that he has the final say in all things. This might not seem like a classic thank you, um, but God allowed his kingdom to come down and enter into this world, which he didn't have to do. And God will do his job here perfectly, just like he does in heaven. So in these lines, Jesus doesn't say thank you with the typical wording that we are familiar with, but he expresses his gratitude by recognizing God's unique work. The third thing that Jesus does is he asks for his needs and his disciples' needs. So Jesus says, give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. But lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So just before these verses, Jesus actually tells us 
that God knows what we need before we even ask him. But when we ask God to fulfill our needs, it brings our attention to the work that he is doing in our lives. It gives us the opportunity to listen to him. The world that we live in is pretty broken, and you don't need me to tell you that. Uh, But God wants us to ask for what we need because he wants to take care of us. Here, Jesus is identifying the needs that his disciples had. And he's reminding the disciples that God will give them what they need for that day. For us, this might look like asking God for clarity in a relationship, for healthy recoveries from medical or mental health concerns, for clear next steps in young adult life or school. It might look like asking for the ability to forgive the people who have wronged us. God loves to hear us invite him into the hardest parts of our lives because he loves to take care of us. Asking God to give us what we need each day is the opportunity for us to actively trust him to be present in our lives today, right now. The fourth thing that we're going to talk about in our outline is kind of funny. Lastly, we're going to close in his name. And it's funny because Jesus doesn't actually do this in Matthew 6 uh, because he is giving his disciples a template for prayer. And he goes on to continue teaching about a few other topics. But Jesus does end his prayers by acknowledging God's goodness and greatness many other times throughout the Gospels. So when we close in prayer by saying, in Jesus' name, we get to acknowledge again that we have access to God only because of Jesus. Okay, so now that we have a template for what to say, we get to figure out who we can pray for. And this answer is really simple, actually. Everyone. At Basic, we talk a lot about prayer. And we have our prayer team, and they're going to be in the back tonight. And we encourage people to get prayed for. We also get to figure out how we can pray for other people and we can pray for ourselves. Prayer can feel really selfish, but it's actually one of the most selfless things that we can do. You see, prayer has nothing to do with us, and it has everything to do with God. Prayer has nothing to do with us, and everything to do with God. It might seem simple, But the greatest gift that we could ever give anyone is to surrender them to Jesus, to lift the concerns of our hearts for them to the only one who has the power to make any change. We have the privilege of praying for other people. At the feet of Jesus, we get to place ourselves, our people, our friends, our family, even our worst enemies, and we get to watch as Jesus works in our lives. We get to be still and see the wonders of Jesus firsthand transform the people that we care so deeply about. We need only to be still. Our job is to pray with the boldness of the gospel and rest as Jesus does his job. We get to talk with Jesus and then take a step back as he figures the rest of it out. How relieving is that? Okay, so now that we have some ideas as to what we are going to say when we talk to Jesus, we have to figure out the second part of that conversation. Listening. How do
do we listen to Jesus? Did you know that it is promised in Scripture that we can hear from God on 13 different occasions? Each time Jesus literally says the exact words, whoever has ears, let them hear. Whoever has ears, let them hear. And I don't think this is a coincidence. When Jesus says listen, what he really means is pay attention. Jesus wanted his disciples to, he really wanted to make sure that they understood his main idea. And this applies to us too. When we listen for Jesus, we need to pay attention to what the Holy Spirit is saying in response. We have to expect Jesus to respond to our prayers in the same way that the disciples expected Jesus to respond to them. This can get a little bit tricky, though, because we don't have an audible voice like the disciples did. Unless you've had a super cool experience, uh, then please come find me afterwards because I would love to have a conversation with you about that. What we do have, though, is the Holy Spirit. And Jesus promised that the Holy Spirit would be here with us after he went back up to heaven. Identifying the Holy Spirit in our lives can feel impossible because our world can be so loud. But we get to see the Holy Spirit at work through the people around us. If people are living for Jesus, then we can see certain behaviors in them. Paul, one of Jesus' friends, called these behaviors the fruits of the Spirit. And Paul describes the fruits of the Spirit as evidence that the Holy Spirit has worked in a Jesus lover's life. So now I want you to get your Bibles out again and turn to Galatians 5. We're going to be in verses 22 and 23. So this is going to be a little bit past um, where we were at earlier. Okay. Galatians 5, verses 22 and 23. It says, But the fruit of the Spirit is joy, love, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. These are the answers to our prayers. This is what we are supposed to listen for when we are in the midst of immense heartbreak, the love that shows up in the form of hugs and kind words. That's Jesus. When we are in the midst of deep sadness and despair, the joy and the kindness that shows up in the smiles and the moments of laughter with others, that's Jesus. When the people in our lives exhibit restraint and self-control against the temptations of sin and encourage us to do the same, that is Jesus. Walking through nature and taking in all of God's creation and soaking up that sweet sunshine, the insane amount of peace that overwhelms our souls in these moments, that's Jesus the inexplicable emotions that we feel when we get caught in the moments of singing worship songs. That is Jesus. The Holy Spirit shows up in all things that are good and gentle in this world. Now, I'm not a big fan of New Year's resolutions because they seem a little bit destined for failure, um, but I am a big fan of New Year's lifestyle changes. 
So one of the lifestyle changes that I made for myself this year was to write down at least one way that I see Jesus working in my life each day. And I notice these things through prayer as I'm listening and talking to Jesus. So you don't really have a choice, so I'm going to just share a couple of these from my own life. January 3rd, 2023. Jesus, I see you in my drive to Charles City today. It rained, and I listened to Chelsea Cutler really loudly. (laughs) The joy it brought to my heart is a clear reflection of the joy that you promise us. Jesus, you love to have fun, and that car ride was really fun. (laughs) See, this moment mattered because the Holy Spirit directed my attention to his joy. And I experienced self-diagnosed winter moodiness because the dreary weather really gets to me. And the students that I serve in Charles City are pretty tricky, and honestly, I leave work every Tuesday feeling a little bit defeated. Also, I went to a Chelsea Cutler concert for uh, spring break last year, and it was raining so hard <laughs> during the show that they had to stop. <laughs> they had to stop the show, and we had a rain delay in the middle of it because it was raining so hard. Did I say it was an outdoor concert? It was intense. Uh, but it was also one of the most like joyful and euphoric moments that I've ever experienced. So I know that this moment driving to work can feel small, but in the midst of gray overcast weather and bitter cold wind in January. I knew it was an answered prayer because I beg Jesus for moments of joy. And he knows that the combination of rain and Chelsea Cutler brings me inexplicable joy. Thank you, Jesus, for that one. January 22nd, 2023. I was sitting in church today thinking slash praying about how I was not paying attention to teaching, but also (laughs) thinking about how I need to go to church on Sundays because it fills my bucket and it's a routine that's given me life before, so it's probably going to give me life in the future. Jesus answered this prayer immediately. He said, let's play the song We Will Run as the first song of the second set of worship at Orchard this morning. In this moment, God revealed his faithfulness and his kindness. And I know that this moment is an answered prayer because this was the very first Jesus song that I ever heard at Big House after growing up in the Catholic Church. I remember crying the first time I heard this song because I didn't realize that Jesus music could involve guitars and drums and singers that are actually very good. (laughs) So even though I was spacing off at church that morning, Jesus was still faithful to me. He was kind to me in this moment, and he used a song that is close to my heart. And faithfulness and kindness and joy are fruits of the Spirit. Jesus knew that I needed to pay attention at church that Sunday morning. So the Spirit is constantly at work in the world around us. But the disciples had to slow down and pay attention to Jesus to hear. And we need to do this too. We need to create space to hear, whether that's through journaling or sitting in silence, asking others where Jesus shows up for them. We need to create opportunities to listen. We create a lifestyle of prayer when we stop moving for like three seconds and just listen and pay attention 
when we expect the Holy Spirit to be present and moving in our lives. It's important to keep in mind, though, that Jesus is going to respond in his perfect timing, not ours. Patience is a virtue that I do not often possess, but it is what Jesus calls us to at times. Waiting really sucks. And sometimes the Holy Spirit isn't going to give you the answer that you want or answer it in the way that you think he's going to. Or maybe he won't, it feels like he's not even going to answer at all. Like when our family members are sick or when someone we love passes away. When anxiety feels debilitating and it like just won't let up. When our closest people are not living the lifestyle that live and breathe and reflect Jesus. If that feels like real life for you, I strongly encourage you to come back next week. Jeff McKee is going to be here and he's going to dive into that concept a lot more. Okay, so we figured out that listening to Jesus is hard and talking to Jesus is hard, but it doesn't have to be. Remember, prayer is a conversation with Jesus. Prayer is a conversation with Jesus. So we need to figure out how to be his friend. Uh, we need to figure out how to listen and how to talk to him. So maybe that looks like starting to write down your prayers or typing them up in your phone or on your computer so that way we can go back and look at them later. Maybe it looks like speaking out loud to Jesus in the car or choosing to listen to Jesus' music when we're going to class or going to work or even going to hang out with a friend. Maybe that looks like intentionally spending time outside and taking deep breaths to slow our brains and to open our eyes to God's creation. Maybe it looks like going to church on a Sunday morning and taking notes during the teaching. Maybe it looks like reading our Bibles alone or with a friend. What does this look like for you? What fruit of the Spirit do you need to see at work in your life today? Prayer can be simple, and we are going to create a lifestyle of prayer by having a conversation with Jesus. So talk to him. Listen to him. He is ready and excited to be your friend. So the band is going to come back up, and they are going to lead us in some more musical worship. But first, they are going to play some mellow tunes, and we are going to put a template for prayer up on the screen, hopefully, right now. Great. Okay, now, everyone, I need you to get your phone out immediately because I want you to either take a picture of this or I want you to type it up in your notes section some way, shape, or form, I want you to take this template of prayer home with you and use it in the days and in the weeks and in the months to come. So for the next few minutes, I invite you to just sit uh, and have a conversation with Jesus. Maybe that looks like using this template. Maybe it looks like reading through the Lord's Prayer again. Maybe it looks like just talking to Jesus. Jesus.